You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and I'm your host, Trisha Shinko. I am your Reiki master teacher and emotional wellness coach from innerbuddha.ca. This is the podcast that will help you access the wisdom you hold inside that heals all things. My intention is to open and expand your mind and quite possibly blow your mind. So come join me on this crazy adventure. You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and this is episode 67. Today's episode, we're talking all about facing your fears. And the biggest fear of all that nobody likes to see is facing your financial fears. And that's what I did. And I share my story about how I faced my financial fears and what actually happened after I faced those fears. So let's get right to it. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy to have you guys here for this special live recorded podcast episode. So this show is going to be airing on air on YouTube, and then it's also going to be airing on the podcast platforms that you're used to listening to. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, today, we're talking all about what happens when you face your fears, when you face your fears, because that's the thing. It's a new year. It's a new place. It's a new um, chance for us to kind of overcome whatever fears have been holding us back over the time. Um, I feel that fear is something that we don't often talk about. It's something that we kind of avoid at all costs, right? And especially this part of fear. So this particular fear that I'm going to be sharing with you today, it's very near and dear to my heart, very near and dear to my life. Um, I'm going to be opening up and sharing and being vulnerable, and I'm going to be sharing some things with you that you may not have ever known about me. Um, but we're going to go there because the more and more I open up, the more and more I share, the more and more it gives you permission to do the same. And that's really, really what this is all about is um, giving yourself permission. It's not that I have to give you permission to do anything, by the way, just so you know, <laughs> you know, you can, it's you that actually gives yourself permission to do anything in life. So we're going to start by talking about where does fear come from? So fear really is, it's a creation of ego. It's this story that comes from things that you've experienced in the past. So you may have heard something from someone and said, okay, you know what? I, that sounds like something in my life that I resonate with that. So that therefore is my story too, right? Or you go through an experience and then you kind of gather evidence for yourself to support the fears, why you should be afraid of something, right? Well, this happened, so that therefore I should be scared of this, right? Um, you know, driving a car, if you've ever gotten in an accident and then you have to go somewhere after that, it's probably very <laughs> high chances that you're gonna be scared. You're gonna have a fear of driving after getting in an accident, right? So um, that that is your evidence that it, this is a scary thing for you. and. Um, then you just kind of almost grab onto that. And um, really fear is just simply the act of not knowing. You're just really, fear comes from not understanding, not being educated about something, or, you know, just, you just, it's about becoming curious. 
really. That's how you kind of overcome fear is become curious about it and look what you're actually fearful of, right? What is it that you're fearful of? And then give yourself an opportunity and an open space to actually overcome it yourself because you can, you totally can. Um, so what I've recently learned myself about fear is that fear is a signpost. Fear is this arrow pointing you in the direction of where you need to go. That's where your most biggest soul growth, personal growth area is, is your biggest fears, right? Your fears are trying to keep you safe, but really in, in reality, it's actually holding you back and self-sabotaging yourself. And that's basically where things, you know, where you kind of get into trouble. And um, that's when you start feeling stuck and overwhelmed. And um, it's just realizing that, again, becoming curious about your fears, becoming curious about what direction that they're actually pointing you into. That's a really cool thing to start being curious about because that's when you start finding answers. Um, so, um, you know, what actually happens when you decide to start facing your fears is that things begin to shift for you. Things, you start seeing things in a different way. You start actually becoming more in control instead of being controlled, right? Things start happening for you instead of to you. And that's the biggest thing too, is when you start looking at these fears and becoming curious about them and looking at them and saying, okay, I see you. Thank you for showing me this, bringing this to my attention. And now you can move through it and work through it, right? So the majority of September, or sorry, the majority of December, so the end of the year, um, I faced a lot of my own personal fears in a really, really significant way. I really took a deep, honest look at what was kind of getting in my way. And the biggest thing that kept coming up was my finances, money, money stories, these money beliefs that have been holding me back, right? So I decided I needed to do something about it. So I invested a very large amount of money into my own well-being, my own mindset, and Honestly, as soon as the second I did that, the universe really opened up and started <laughs> opening the floodgates, really. And it started sending me everything that I've been asking for. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't make, it wasn't easy making this, I can't talk right now. I'm so excited. Um, it wasn't easy making the decision to invest in myself to begin with. It was really scary. There were a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of uncertainty, Right. And I just had to get to that place where all I knew is that there was something really, there was something there pushing me. There was something there that inside of me that knew that this was the easiest way. This was the path of least resistance, right? So I trusted it, even though it was nonsensical, it didn't make any sense, but you know what? I just had to go with it. I went with my gut and um, started opening up a lot of beautiful parts of myself, right? So it actually gave me the insight to look a little bit deeper into my own personal finances um, and take back control of where my money was coming in and you know where it was going out. And that's big, right? We don't ever really take a look at that seriously. 
um, we kind of glance at it and um, we say, okay, well, I kind of have an idea where I am. So um, that's a good enough, right? But it wasn't good enough for me. So this is honestly an area that I always really felt trapped in my life. So my finances were always really heavy, really always uncertain. Um, and I really felt handcuffed, right? I really didn't like where I was with my relationship with my finances. Um, it's also an area of my life that I felt a lot of shame, a lot of guilt around money, but I was never really able to identify this for myself, right? It wasn't until um, I actually started digging deeper is when things started to make sense, right? So talking about budgets, honestly, would with my husband, we, it would trigger me emotionally. Um, you know, so it ended up to be that he was the one that had to take care of all the finances because I would just get so upset and so frustrated and so overwhelmed that I just, I couldn't do it. You know, I just, I, I put my hands up in the air. I, just, I, could, I can't do it, right? And for years, it went on like that, right? And then I would get to a place where I started spending my money on things to make me feel better, right? Um, things like clothing, jewelry, trinkets, stuff that just had no use for, but I just kept buying it because um, it just made, I thought that that would be the thing that made me feel better, right? But the lasting feeling of feeling better, it wouldn't last. Like it, I would want it to, and it never would, right? And to be honest, I mean, I took a good hard look at it and I'm like, I never was good at ma managing my money at all. So at that point, really, I just, I handed the reins over to my husband. I turned a blind eye to it and I pretended that everything was okay for a very long time. But honestly, looking back at this now, it was really just enabling my guilt and my shame to reign over me because I wasn't actually taking control of my life. I was handcuffing myself, right? And I, I didn't realize it. It was just something that I thought I couldn't do because I was too emotionally triggered, right? But again, those emotional triggers are the things that we have to really take a really good look at. So I started kind of looking back into my life and really kind of getting an understanding of what money, how money ever was showed up in my life, right? And how, what my relationship really was with my money. And so at a very young age, um, I, my, well, here, let's start. I'll tell you the stories. When I was little, I lived on a farm, not too far from cottage country and by a beach, right? And my mom and dad, they had a market garden. They would sell vegetables to the people that are coming out from the city and um, they would buy their vegetables, go out to the cottage for the weekend, right? So at a very young age, I was taught about money and business, right? But to be honest, it wasn't a really healthy way. Um, my family never really did have a good relationship with money. So money, the money story was that we were poor and that we had to live off the land. And I hated, I hated that, um, you know, this is kind of the life that we were in. Like, I, I never wanted to accept it. And to be honest, I hated the fact that people would leave bags of clothing at the end of our driveway because there was not enough. My parents would always talk about how poor we are, how we didn't have enough stuff. So people would feel bad for us. And they would leave us things at the end of our driveway 
to, um, you know, help us out kind of thing. And this was really embarrassing for me as a child, right? And I didn't want to tell people that I got hand-me-down stuff and I got other people's old unwanted things, right? Nobody does. And then also I hated the fact that my parents would go to the local dump and they would rummage through things, right? To find uh, new things that they needed. Um, to bring home, right? That's another thing that, that would really embarrass me. And I did not want to have anything to do with that. Um, and then people would talk about these things that my parents would do and judge them for it and talk behind their backs. And they would talk down to us a lot too. There was those type of people too. Um, so the main story was that we just didn't have a lot of money. And we never would either. It's not something that we would, we're not the type of people that would ever have a lot of money. So we lived from that place. It's from scarcity, from lack, right? And this would cause my parents to start hoarding, right? They hoarded things because they didn't know when the next time they would ever get a chance to get this again, right? So to be honest, I grew up in very, very unhealthy conditions. Um, it's not something I would ever want for my children. That is not something that it, it ended, to be honest, with me. Um, another thing is that people from the congregation, from my mom and dad were Job's witness, right? So people at the Kingdom Hall would be the ones that would be talking about us, talking down about us, saying they that the children shouldn't be living in these conditions, that my parents um, didn't care. But what really what it was is that my parents just didn't know any better. They just could, they weren't mentally um, taught how to live a good, healthy life, right? So there was always a lot of pain, a lot of judgment, all this shame, all this guilt, all this stuff that was from when I was a very young age. Like this was happening when I was probably about, well, from age zero to 12, really, really. And then <laughs> from age 12, um, I moved in with my sister to go to a different school. So that's a whole nother story. Um, but honestly, I never wanted to accept this story for myself. This was something that my parents, that, that, that was their story. This is, this was, you know, where their experience came from, but this, I never really wanted it for myself. And I, when I was young, I used to imagine that I won the lottery and that I would fix up my home and, you know, I would dream of all the things that I would do for my mom and dad and how I would fix up their house. And, you know, there was just all these things. We'd go on these family trips. And it honestly, I lived in my imagination world for a very long time because that to me was more fun than what I was really experiencing in the reality, right? And a lot of kids probably do that in those kind of situations, right? Um, so because the money story was coming from a place of lack and, and scarcity. I was, when I was a little bit older and I started working, I started stealing money. Um, when I was working for my mom and dad, when people would come to the house and buy vegetables and my parents weren't around, I would pocket the money, right? And, you know, I would, I, and my parents would come home and be like, oh, no one came to buy vegetables today. Nah, we didn't make any sales today, right? So there's nothing to record. And I did this for many, many years, right? And it's only because I felt like I had to get my hands on whatever money I could get because there was that lack of scarcity, right? Like it was, I don't know when it was coming again. So I had to just keep whatever I had. And this bled over into another job of mine 
um, I got a part-time job at a bowling alley that at a friend's a family friend's bowling alley. And then again, I was pocketing money and feeling making, I started, you know, at first it was just something that I, I felt like I had to do to feel safe and secure to have money because money was something that we never had. Right. And I did this with a few more jobs and got fired from them, of course. Right. So now fast forward to the present day. I mean, I don't steal money anymore. I don't pocket it, <laughs> but I definitely don't have a good relationship with it either. Right. So, um, I never, I was never be, I was never able to actually hold on to money either. And that's the thing too, is I realized because I felt so much guilt from hoarding it myself and pocketing it that I would feel like I almost had to punish myself. So I, I wasn't allowed to hang on to money. I wouldn't let myself, as soon as I had money, I had to spend it right away, right? And um, you know, if you can relate to this in any way, um, this is why I'm telling the stories really so that you can understand that not just you have a bad relationship with money. I mean, it's everybody, everyone has these kind of flaws that they just don't talk about. So I'm here to talk about them. So yeah, I, I never was able to hold on to money ever. I never had a savings. And if I did have a savings, it wouldn't last long. Right. And then later in my coaching sessions with my own money coach, I discovered it was because of a, on a deeper level, of course, I didn't deserve it. Right. And that's, that makes a lot of sense. If you feel guilt about something, you feel like you have to be punished in some way because that's the belief that we are taught from when we're young. Right. So, um, of course, I never understood this, obviously, on a conscious level when it was happening. It was only um, it was only when I started looking into it now, kind of looking back, um, that's when things started to kind of make sense, right? And it honestly, it would just show up as a desire to fill the pain with more junk, right? In an attempt to, again, make myself feel better. And of course that did get me into trouble with my husband again and again, because, you know, I was buying all these things that we didn't need and I was spending money too much money on things that we didn't need. And, um, that would obviously cause a lot of fights. Right. And it, we spent a lot of time fighting over things, over spending, overspending. Right. Um, we're not communicating about what we were spending the money on. So, you know, there's that, break down in our own physical relationship. And it wasn't good. Uh, it really wasn't. So, you know, now that I really think about it, finances really have been the number one stressor for my, most of my life. And if it, honestly, if it was also the number one thing that I would avoid at all costs as well. I was, I would work on all, every other area of my life. I would work on my relationships. I would look at the energy, the emotions, all these other things. But it, it's interesting because um, everything was kind of pointing me to look at my finances, but I didn't want to because it was such a triggering point for me. Right. So, and I, I personally have just been socially conditioned to believe that um, stressing over your finances is normal, right? It was just that default programming. And so I myself, it's funny because I thought about it and I, I worked in finances and a job that had to deal with finances for over 15 years. Now, I 
you know, the job that I just had, I was in insurance. So I fought for people to get claims paid for their cancer patients, for palliative care, for home care, medical equipment, you know, all these high cost medications, out of country claims and so on and so forth. You know, the every insurance thing is, is all financial. It's a financial institution, right? And before that, I was a travel agent, right? I was constantly pricing out new itineraries, you know, booking different travel packages, invoicing tickets, big and small, you know, but it, it never really clicked to look at my own finances, which was is crazy. I'd always turn a blind eye to my own problems, right? I would be there the fighter for everybody else, but <laughs> I wouldn't fight for myself right? Isn't that funny? I just, honestly, that revelation just came to me not too long ago, right before writing this podcast episode. Um, but yeah, so I would always turn a blind eye to my own problems and what was going on in my bank account. That's key. And I would feel weird or uncomfortable about putting together a budget for my own life. You know, I, um, I wouldn't have a clear picture of where my money was going, where it was coming in, where it was going out. I, like I said, I mean, I would always get overwhelmed by my own finances and I would just do the bare minimum to get by. And this went on for many, many years until recently, until um, enough was enough, right? And I had to make a choice. So I continue either I could choose to continue to be blind to why money seems so hard to make or I could do something about it right and then it wouldn't be so it wouldn't be so hard anymore it wouldn't be so elusive um, and that's kind of where money was to me it was it was elusive it was hard to come by which was the story that I took with me this was a belief that I carried with me from childhood right um, so I chose to do something about it and over the years, you know, I took courses on mindset, understanding emotions and everything. But again, it, it, it seemed like I kept missing something. All of these courses, all of this hard work, all this inner deep clearing stuff that I, I was doing, um, I still felt like there was something missing. And it wasn't until I decided to deep dive into my own finances is when things started to click. Things started to make sense for the first time ever. And honestly, finances was that last missing puzzle piece. It was crazy. I just, as soon as I got into it, I was like, okay, there's something big here. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm just feel like I'm just cracking open this big puzzle piece, right? And that's why I'm sharing this with you because this is just the beginning of my journey, right? So what I have learned through my healing journey is that money is energy and the direction or sorry, it, it's the, you know, the direction that you focus on, obviously that's what you're bringing in and energy is a direct reflection of your own self value, right? The energy of money is kind of where it's all tied in. So the way you manage money is also a direct reflection of the stories that you have around money, which is huge. And if you're always telling yourself you can't afford to do something, you're never gonna be able to afford it. No matter how much you save or you try to save, right? Something's always gonna keep draining that savings of yours because you haven't actually took a look at the stories 
that you've been telling yourself and the beliefs that's been holding you stuck and handcuffed. That's big. So I just had to bite the bullet, so to speak, right? It was just basically, I had to take a deep, dark look into the stories that I've created over my lifetime around money. And the hardest thing is taking 100% responsibility for these stories, for these beliefs, for these um, things that I kept telling myself and believing in, right? So I had to take 100% responsibility for the decisions that I made around this, right? Um, And take 100% responsibility for the decisions that I'm less than proud of too. That's the thing. But it's only in those moments, honestly, when you start taking responsibility is honestly when you actually start to repair that relationship with money, with your finances, right? And it's actually, it has a ripple effect over a lot of other areas of your life as well. And I'm starting to see that right now. So since I made the decision and the choice to repair my relationship with money and take responsibility for 100% of my part in our household finances, in my relationship with my husband, um, it's actually started to improve. It's, we were getting to a really good place. Like we had to break open this vault that we have created, right? And when we started, when I started breaking open my vault, he started breaking open his vault, right? And then um, it opened up this line of communication that we haven't had in a very long time. And it was just, it felt so amazing to be in this place that now what was once shut off for us is now open and flowing freely as the way it's supposed to be. And now, honestly, I'm taking a look at what's going on in my bank account on a regular basis. Now I'm keeping track of it. Right. And I'm getting, I'm actually in a place where I'm not really getting triggered so much anymore. I'm not, um, I can look into the budget and look at my spending and be open and honest with myself. And I'm actually stopped doing that frivolous spending. I stopped buying all those useless knickknacks that really have no use, right? <laughs> Just to make me feel happy, what I thought would make me feel happy, right? I, I haven't done that in years now. And um, it feels really good. It feels really good. And we now, honestly, we budget for everything. We've got the budget so um, narrowed down that we even have our pizza on Friday nights that we have, we have that in the budget, right? Just because we want to be financially stable and financially strong. And the only way is that taking a hundred percent responsibility for what you're doing with it. Right. And that improves your relationship with all, everything all around you. Right. So honestly, it feels so good to stop turning a blind eye to where my money was really going, right? And it doesn't feel as hard anymore to make decisions around it. It actually feels really good and empowering too. And I feel like the handcuffs are gone. I don't feel stuck anymore, right? And this is just the beginning. I'm just getting started with this. And now me and my husband, we're working together as a team, which is huge. And we're also beginning to start making better investment choices. That's going to be setting our future up for not only ourselves, but for our kids as well. It's going to be start setting up this best future possible. And we're going to be doing it in a loving and healthy way because we know better now. We're, we're educated. We're taught, right? We taught ourselves 
in a different way. So I'm not afraid of money anymore. I actually love it. I have such appreciation and gratitude for the money that I have. And I'm so appreciative and I'm so grateful for the money that I'm able to spend as well. And then I don't feel like I have to spend it as quickly either, right? I can start seeing my savings is starting to go up. I finally have savings for emergencies. We have also, we're saving now for a down payment on a new, our dream home. We have a home, we have a beautiful home, but we want our dream home. So that's our next goal. So that's what we're saving for. And I'm actually starting to pay off all my debt, which is huge, 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 huge. <laughs> when it was just, it's getting to a better place. And that's what this is all about. So that's why I wanted to share this story with you because I know there's too many people out there that don't have a really good relationship with money or their finances. And I want you to know that that's perfectly normal and natural because you were never taught. That's just it. As a society, we were never given the tools or the resources to learn how to be rich. We were always taught how to be poor, right? And that's crazy if you think about it, but that's just the mindset that we all have, all these little sayings like money doesn't grow on trees or money is hard to make or things like that. These are things that you know you hear all the time. That's what's getting in your subconscious mind. And that is what's setting the program that you're running on a subconscious level. That is big. So, those things just aren't my story anymore, right? So I get to make a better story. I get to make one where money shows up for me in an easy, fun way, you know, and I get to be able to pay for things in a loving, gracious way. And I feel that energy back from when the things that I do buy, right? And so it's just all about being, opening up that loving relationship with money. And all it takes is a desire to do it, right? So I'm going to ask you this. What actually happens when you face your fears? You know what I found out? You can break free from them. You're completely free. It frees you. It's just facing them. That's really it. Just looking into them, becoming curious about what it is that is creating these fears. And look at the signposts. Look at the fears. Look at where it's pointing you because there is something there for you, something bigger. So when you finally step into that place of power and clarity, you no longer feel paralyzed anymore. You're no longer handcuffed. Again, you are free. So when you to face your fears, you really, what you're doing is you're turning them into strengths. It's a strength. It's this place of certainty and confidence and growth. And that just feels so freaking good. So I just want to say thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. And um, I hope you were able to pick out those little nuggets of gold throughout this whole episode. Um, and I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to know your takeaways. And if this inspired you to look at your own money story because that's what this is really all about, right? So if you ever had, um, you know, trouble getting started, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you through all of that inner work so you can unlock, unleash that part of you that has been trapped for a very, very long time. All right. Well, I send you so much love and so much light and thank you so much for hanging out with me today. You take care. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me and listening to today's episode. If you found value in today's episode, please don't hesitate to share your review. Your feedback is so important to me. And feel free to share this episode with those who you believe that will benefit from it. Remember, sharing is caring, right? So to learn more about me and how I can help you, please visit www.innerbuddha.ca and you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Inner Buddha Zen. Much love.